The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back and thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning as we have the opportunity to study God's Word. And I'm glad you're with us and hope as we go through this week, we can be an encouragement to you. Uh, one of the things I will stay and as we've been going through, if you go through and look at the other videos you've done or been following along, generally the way we do these devotionals is we go verse by verse, section by section, just unpack what's there and, and see the practical relevance to it. It's uh, But in this scenario, as we go through the book of Job, you're going to find over the next several chapters that you have uh, these three friends, really the three primary friends that came, Bildad, Eliphaz, Zophar, and they came with the premise of hopefully to be an encouragement. We mentioned at one point they were. They sat in silence for quite a bit of time. Well, then they opened their mouth. And now what's going to happen is, is you're going to find that these this, the discourse back and forth between these three men and Job are quite lengthy. As a matter of fact, it's about a three-chapter break um, just, just in the first one with Job and Eliphaz. And so what I don't want to do, I would say if we went verse by verse, we would spend several episodes just talking about Eliphaz's point of view and then Job's defense. And so what I'm going to do with this, I'm going to encourage you uh, to take the time to read it. Find out what was said, um, just, just because it's good to have. But what I'm not going to do in these episodes is cover all of it. I'm going to kind of make a synopsis or break down, um, surmise of these smaller sections. And so we're just going to kind of highlight just a couple thoughts from really a couple chapters. Again, not normally what we do, uh, but I think it's the easier way to get this and then look at the principles. And so let me give you a little bit of history here. Um, Eliphaz probably, we would assume, to be the oldest of the three of them. Uh, they're friends of Job. They know Job. They know Job quite well. As we dig down in the passages, you'll learn, and we'll explain that a little bit. He begins to speak. Now, let me. here's one of the intriguing things about these conversations. Initially, what happens when you read these is because... Because we know what's really going on. We've seen both sides of the curtain. We've seen heaven. We know why that this is not Job's fault. God's allowing it to happen to, to, to prove his character. And, and uh, But again, Job doesn't know this, and Eliphaz and these other men don't know this. So it's easy for us to look and only say what Eliphaz is saying is bad and evil, things of that nature. But I hope we understand that's not exactly just the case. Some of what we're going to see, and again in the highlight form, but what, what some of what we're going to see over these next few episodes, the comments they're making are not all completely inaccurate. But I do believe that what we are going to see in these comments is we're going to see a bit of a, a limited, and shall I say, this is my opinion, a limited and maybe even a... Um, a a limited view of God, a boxed-in view of God, of based upon what they're saying, how they think God works. They can't see really beyond it, and it's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for us because in Christianity, uh, depending, especially if you come from different certain kinds, you're going to be taught what the Bible says, but if they're not careful, they like to wrap their theology, or like to kind of make God wrap to fit their theology instead of the other way around. And so I want us to understand that we're going we're gonna to get a broader view of what's really going on. Because remember, we know that they're wrong based upon information earlier in this book. We know because we get to see the supernatural side of this. So it helps us to understand some things for ourselves in this story. But So what we're going to do is I'm just going to take, I think there's five things here we're going to look at. Just a, a quick synopsis through what's happening and uh, comments made. So the first thing we see, we look at Job and Eliphaz com uh, commenting. First of all, Eliphaz starts. And he basically states in the first couple verses of this, I've been sitting, I've been waiting for seven days, we see your pain, but at some point someone has to talk. Someone has to start, what he would, I guess the way to surmise the first couple of verses, someone has to speak the obvious. We can't just sit here and pretend like uh, this is not happening. So someone's got to speak 
the obvious. And so he starts in verses three and four. Let's read these. He says, behold, thou, he's speaking to Job, you have instructed many and you have strengthened the weak hands. Thy words have upholden him that is falling and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. And so what he's saying, Job, I'm just going to come to you. He goes, first of all, in the first couple of verses, I can't remain silent, but I'm just going to refer. You have always been a wise man. You have been a man that has helped people, but you've been a man that's instructed people. And so what I want to say is, see what he's saying is, at some point, Job, you have to start listening to your own instruction. So what you do need to understand is when Eliphaz, as pretty much all of these guys do, and, and Job was pretty sure this was going to happen, they come with this premise in mind. If Job is suffering, he must have done something wrong. That's the premise for whole. If he's suffering, he must have done something wrong. And we're just going to look through again and highlight in the next couple what these men said. So he starts off with saying, you've even told other people this. And now you're sitting here pretending like what you've instructed others is not accurate. Uh, a bit of a single mind in his perspective. And so then he goes on down in verses 7 through 9 of chapter 4, and he gives another comment. So we see that he says, you've used your own instruction, and then you can literally kind of get a synopsis of everything that Eliphaz is trying to say, and starting in verse 7, he says this, Remember, I pray thee, whoever perished, being innocent, where were the righteous cut off? Even as I have seen that they plow iniquity and sow wickedness, reap the same. By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. Now, Eliphaz actually teaches a biblical principle here. We would go to Galatians to find it. In Galatians, I think it's 6 or 7, it says, um, You reap what you sow. He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, and he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. This is the truth here. He goes, so he starts off with, Who has ever been punished? while being innocent. He says, God just doesn't do this to innocent people. So logically thinking, since we've never known anybody who's been punished for being good, then they're just logic. He's bringing logic into this. You cannot logically look at your circumstance and think that this is just simple, that you are innocent like you claim to be. Because logically, God does not punish. He doesn't cut off the innocent. He's like, you reap what you sow. And so using a biblical principle that we use today, obviously, Job, you should, this is your fault. Now, Please understand, in some scenarios, this is accurate. There are times that we have reaped, you know, we reap what you, we sow to the, we live in sin, we live to the flesh, and then consequences come back that it is just part of life. And, and that's generally what happens, and this situation is different. Some people think, I know I'm being punished, it must be God allowing things into my life. Well, that's sometimes true. Just be careful that you don't commit this arrogantly assuming you have. The reason, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, the reason Job was able to be comfortable with this is he did have a clear conscience. He knew he was right. He had spent time on in, in that space saying, Lord, what have I done? He knew he was right. So he, he could fight off the attacks because he knew this. But the, the comment is true for Eliphaz. But then he continues. In, in chapter 5, we move up to, to verse 17. He told Job not to reject the discipline. Verse 17 of chapter 5, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth, therefore for despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Here's what he says, listen, if you are wrong, the, one of the greatest things that can happen is Almighty God can love you enough to point out your correction. You get the thing right, and then peace comes back. Happy is the man. He goes, you are enduring punishment, and the best thing you can do is just accept God's punishment, and then you'll be reconciled back to God, and everything's great. And he's teaching, him, again, good truth, but not, of course, in this situation. In verse chapter 6, verse 28, now, Job, Job hears all of this, and he comes back a chapter so long, and he just basically pleads his ignorance. 
And so one of the comments, the only one we'll look at from Job's point, is in verse chapter 6, verse 28. Job said this, Now therefore be content, look upon me, for it is evident unto you if I lie. So here's what Job is saying. Job is saying, listen, tell me what I have done wrong. As I tell you the truth, look at me. You know what I'm lying. Do you think I'm lying? Do you, can, you, can you see in me any reason what I've done, what I'm saying? Can you know me? Do you believe I'm making this up? And, that, and it's, a, it's a great question. Again, he sits unconfident. So what are some principles? This covers you know three chapters. What are some simple principles? We've got to be careful, like Eliphaz says. Sometimes what goes through our life, I think we should spend time. Lord, what have I done? Is there something I need to get right? If we come to the conclusion we're right with God and right with men, please understand that. You know, he says if we're willing, unwilling to get right with our friends and you know, with other people or forgive other people, he's not going to forgive us. If you have something in your life of someone else, you're not willing to reconcile, you're not going to have God's blessing. You not have a relationship with God, you don't. You, he's going to put you in that same spot. But if you believe, if you believe before God truly, and he, God, knows that you're right, then in some situations, this is just trials. It's the clear conscience, I would tell you. And Paul said this, he desires to have a clear conscience, void of offense between God and man. And not a seared conscience where you're convincing yourself right, but a clear conscience before God, you know you're right. And that's what we shoot for, that's what we're striving for, and it doesn't matter what other people think. Uh, I would say, though, if you do find yourself where someone's criticizing you, don't just ignore it because there's a difference between a clear conscience and an arrogant conscience, right? When you hear, evaluate what's being told. Think about it. What I'm being told, is there any truth behind it? Well, the greatest thing a humble person who will grow in Christ will do is they will listen to what's being told them. They will evaluate it for its truth. If it's true, they'll make a change. If they're not, then they'll move on beyond it. Uh, but that's the only way you can have a clear conscience is to clearly say, let me listen to what's being said. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday morning. Uh, This again, for the next few episodes, will be different as we take larger chunks of Scripture and just give you kind of a synopsis of what's being said. Uh, So I encourage you to read chapters 4 through 7, really, and get an idea of the more detail behind these conversations. Thanks again for joining us this morning. We'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.